so I posted something earlier about Michelle Branch and Vanessa Carlton. Are, okay. Is somebody in the Black Keys married to one of them? Oh, I don't know. Okay. Right. Is that, was that supposed to be like the next part of the story or something? No, that's the whole story. That's the whole oh, story. okay, cool. Yeah. I made a post about yeah. it. And somebody was like, I was at the Black Keys last night and I, I, I wanted to yell out, we love you, Michelle. And that was mm. it. Yeah. I'm glad I brought it up. Interesting. Hey, guys. Reminder. The police union picnic's coming up this weekend. Uh, my wife's making her famous deviled eggs again. My waistline's furious. It's a bad time, Bob. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the College Football Uncensored Podcast brought to you by Saturday Down South. I'm your host, Tyler Huck, and with me, as always... Chris Marler, Chris, no one sadder than Nebraska fans. Man, what a roller coaster of emotion that had to be. I can't wait to talk about this. Week zero was fun. There was like some good football on. You know, for, for being a week zero and the, the type of games that we're on, I mean, I found myself excited to watch UConn and Utah State. Okay, so, and I'm going to give us a mulligan. On the Nebraska game. Well, it was just very, I mean, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, but it was very foolish of us to just expect Scott Frost would do anything that would be remotely good. Hindsight is twenty eight seventeen, not twenty twenty. And when it's twenty eight seventeen, you apparently onside kick if you're Nebraska. Right. Which is um, yeah, so here's here's why that we're we're getting a mulligan for this. And it's I'm such a desperate move. Like, I don't know. What are you doing there? Just I don't have faith that your defense will. I, I just. It, it's inexplicable. There's so many things that happened in that game. We're going to talk about for sure. Um, but I tried to get a bet in, and I couldn't get the bet in, for whatever reason. Um, kind of an up and down week, and. That was like how, like that's how Saturday started. So I went up to the lake just to kind of get away from some stuff. Had a had a death in the fam, um, and just kind of like all over the place. So I went up to the lake just kind of get away, just kind of you know reset a little bit before the season started. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna put on the game. There's no HD television at the lake. Did not. Mm, yeah, HD just. I mean, it seems like a nice place that you stayed at. I didn't, li- I didn't like that. I was also told you don't need to watch this game in HD, which honestly wasn't wrong because it's a Big Ten game. Um, right. But then, so like... I've never been in HD. No, absolutely not. <laughs> um, the game started out pretty awesome because Nebraska comes out. I'm, I'm all fired up. Now, I will say I was a little bit let down. I gave that whole pump-up speech about how I was like, hey, you know, we're going to turn on game day and we're going to hear like the Big and Rich theme song, all sort of shit. None of that happened. None of that happened. Right. I was pretty upset about that. And so then um, watching the game and it, like, it, like the, it was a great start for Nebraska. Next thing I know around halftime, I'm like, man, this is a long halftime. It's like a really long halftime. And the local feed in Atlanta just cut, cut out of the game. Just fucking stopped airing a live college football game to show a preseason not only a preseason Falcons game, but a preseason like Falcons like preview show before the game. Right. When they were playing the Jags 
the in again in the preseason, <laughs> and they were playing the Jags. So that I'm happened like, to me as well. In mind, and and I'm like, all right, I don't know what to do. So we figured out we have like you know, like whatever it is, like I think Fox, like the app, or whatever you can, like. There's an app for fucking everything now, and so we um we end up like I, I turn the game on, but I have to watch the rest of it on my phone because I can't fucking get it to work on the like, TV or whatever. So I'm like watching it on my phone. It's fine. That entire rest of the game was so disappointing in so many ways. And like the, the, again, the roller coaster for Nebraska fans, you're up right away. You're up in the second half. The fucking internet goes down, so there's free beer everywhere. Dude, the videos coming from that with the beer snakes. That was, yeah, all time. Out of control. Anyway, yeah, so we'll, talk, we'll, we'll do a recap, obviously, of, of week zero. Um, I'm gonna say that I'm we're one and zero. I'm one and zero because I only had two picks, and I'm not gonna count the Nebraska ones since I didn't get that bet in. Um, did you, I lie to you, Utah State? Uh-oh. I did. I did. Uh, but how do you want to start the show? How do you how do you want to do this? Well, official show picks from last week. I had five picks. You had two. So what we're gonna do since we we don't really put a limit on the bets that we can take. Like right. you could take twelve if you want to. At the yeah. end of the year, we'll just do percentage of bets won. Why don't we just take one mulligan from week zero, though? That's because that's what we're gonna do. <laughs> okay. Well, I went I one and know. four, so uh, at least Florida four? State was the one that I won. Yeah, Nebraska minus twelve. Yeah, Nebraska Northwestern under fifty and a half. That didn't work out. No. New Mexico State plus eight and a half. That didn't work out. And the big one, Hawaii plus eight and a half. See, you that was dumb on your end because you, I mean, like the numbers were there, but at the same time you were like, you know what? I told you, I was like, I'm taking Vandy six and a half. And you were like, I'll take Hawaii plus eight and a half. We didn't, we didn't do a lot to give ourselves a synergy of success is what That's I like to call point. it. Great point. Yeah. Well, um, you know, you live and you learn. It's week zero. This is where things happen like that. Yeah, it's true. No, honestly, uh, it is. It's hard to bet the first week because just no one's seen anything yet. So it's all about like preseason projections, and I mean, you just really don't know what you're seeing. Like this week one, we're gonna obviously have a great show this week uh, with our mm-hmm. picks for the week. But it's like, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know what LSU really is. I mean, I think they'll win, but I don't know what That's they a are. Sensitive subject in the Facebook group, apparently. Oh, okay. Well. So, anyways, one and four for the week. You, we don't need to take Mulligans. You're one and one. I'm one and zero. Oh. If you're That's taking right. away Nebraska, no, no, you're one and one. I'm one and one. It's fine. All right, we'll make our picks for week one in the next episode. Yeah. Where do you want to start? So, I do want to talk about. There's already the worst beat of all time. Or if you had picked this, you. It was the best win of all time. Um, we can talk about that in the Vandy game. Let's start with let's start with the just week zero recap because I think most of it's going to be about um, what were your biggest takeaways from week zero, and then let's talk about the Vandy game specifically. Um, I mean, and I'm not kidding when I say I feel for Nebraska fans. Um, yeah. Somehow Nebraska finds just the, a Nebraska way to lose games. They blew two double-digit leads in this game. Um, they had two devastating fourth-quarter turnovers. That really sealed the deal for them. Um, they had the weird onside kick. 
they just was tons so of tons of mistakes on special teams, which has just been like the calling card for Nebraska over the last few years. Right. Um, turns out, you know, throwing up in practice all the time probably isn't like maybe the best thing. What a weird flex. What a, what a weird gag flex. I mean, literally, I just, I didn't understand that at all. Um, I will say watching the Nebraska thing, they started out the way you thought they would. It like, it was a good game for sure, but it was one of those things too, where both sides seemed to do anything they could. Like it was like the, it, it was like the worst episode of, or version of one of those like, um, or like Buffalo Wild Wings commercials. It's like, dude, I don't want this game to end. How can I fuck up even more? That's what was going on, basically. And Bob it was like a troll job of a Buffalo Wild Wings commercial. Because Pat, I mean, not Pat, Pat Fitzgerald, your quarterback is like 21 of 23 in the first half, Ryan Holinsky, and is, is just like not dominating, but he's doing really, really well. And, and you did everything you could to get away from the pass in the second half. Lost me money, Chris. Um, a lot of good punts. You know, after the after the game, it, he kind of like threw his staff under the bus. I don't know if you saw that. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, our staff's going to need to learn that they got to be more creative in this league. It's like, first oh, of all, yeah. that's not true. Uh, and secondly, I don't know, man. Probably want to look at yourself in the mirror and see that you're one and nine in your last ten games at Nebraska. I would want to look at myself in the mirror if I was Scott Frost. Wildly attractive, ginger. Yeah, I mean, like, which I don't say often if it's a man. Um, five and twenty-one in close games, one-score games. Five and twenty-one in those. In those. So, did he lose nine one-score games or nine single-digit losses last year? Uh, probably that's like the same, right? No, no, like single-digit. Like it could be like a nine, you know, nine-point loss, whatever. Sure. Is the difference, but yeah. Um, I mean, one score game seems even worse, like or even even more unlucky. But then you kind of saw why, you know. Maybe I mean, like if you're up twenty eight eleven, there's no need to onside kick. It was like they started celebrating way too early, or like like they just kind of. I thought Nebraska was going to come out here and have to prove a point. We talked about how it was, you know they won fifty six to seven last year. They ran for like three four hundred yards. It, it, like Casey Thompson looked good early at, at quarterback. Um, it, you know, I, I, Northwestern is a team. That is, I mean, you want to talk about a roller coaster with, with that team. They've either finished last in their division or won the division in, like, like I guess, alternating over the past four years. Last first, last first. Um, Weird. With, with Nebraska, you saw a lot of the players from the portal that, like, seemed to do, like, you know, step up very early, not just the quarterback position, but also the receiver. Um but my God, they just did everything they could to lose that game late. And, and it was almost like Northwestern was trying to give it to them. I mean, I don't know. It was it was a great game to start the year, but it was also like Jesus Christ, what what are we doing? Um, what else stood out to me? FAMU playing that so FAMU basically is like, hey, you know, we we have seven scholarship linemen that are available for this game. They right. voted initially to just not play. Then they changed their minds and traveled up to Chapel Hill and were like keeping with UNC for like a mid- a lot of the game. Well, I don't know about a lot of the game, but I will Wasn't say it in the third quarter they were within a score. Maybe, yeah. I mean, that's pretty bad for an FCS. That's like what Florida State yeah, would yeah. typically have yeah. done in the last few years. Shout out to you, by the way. I, I will say my biggest takeaway from Week One, besides Vandy, which we'll get to, is the incredible overreaction 
and prisoner of the moment takes that were happening all day on Twitter, which made me happy that we were seeing it again because it was football season. But also, I, you know, it, like people what, were writing what did you see? right away. Was that like what? What? Like, give me an example. Like, I mean, okay. And I love the I love this dude to death. Graham Coffee was like, I mean, sky is fucking falling with Vanderbilt. Sky is falling with Vanderbilt. Sky is falling with UNC. And UNC, you might actually have like you have a lot of issues probably to work with. That's why Chizik's yeah. there. And and I mean, there's no way to dress that up with what happened with with FAMU necessarily. Right. Um this the shit with with Vandy was just so funny to watch. Like like big game boomer, of course, who's just I we I know we had him on the pod, super nice guy, just just getting more and more uh close to an unfollow by the day. Um but like the stuff with Vandy, I get it. It's like it's almost like we were it's, it's one thing to make fun of Vandy because it's Vandy, right? Which that's acceptable. Hold on. Before you go on, we had him on the podcast, and I still don't know if he's like a troll or not. Yeah. Part of me I don't thinks know. he's not. I'm in some weird Twitter like group with, or like, like I guess, uh, what do you call it? Like group like message group thing. Yeah. I hate it. It like, it, it's, Everyone in there is it's he's got a weird following. He's got like a like a it's like a church camp barstool following where people are like really really into <laughs> some of this. I don't it's fucking weird, man. It's fucking weird. Also, we might have gotten Mincy fired, which was odd. <laughs> we didn't get Mincy fired. Is he still but, employed? No, he's still employed, but we didn't do anything. We he it just things started to go downhill for him while we were recording our podcast and I kept seeing him like look at his phone, like kind of looking a little bit nervous. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know. Like, was it seems like maybe he's like not into the interview, but then he's back in the interview and he's giving us great answers. Clearly knows yeah. a lot. I guarantee like either Barstool social or Portnoy were reaching out to him because I had seen, I looked on his Twitter account before we went live to see if he had posted about our podcast. And the last thing I saw was him retweeting the Barstool account and then tagging that dude, the the, the yeah. far right guy. That's what got him in trouble. It was deleted within, you know, five minutes of it being tweeted. Yeah. But anyways. Uh, all the people that reached out to me, I'm assuming you and us, uh, kind of giving us a heads up on Portnoy's tweet about hiring someone for his position, though, hours after he was on our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Very, very odd. Um, okay, so let's let's finish up the week zero talk and then get into. Uh, I definitely want to talk about the Auburn AD situation. It's also depth chart day for a lot of schools, um, and then we'll obviously look a little bit into week one. We have a winning and boozing segment as well. Um, but so, all right, going back to the Vandy game, I thought this was awesome. I thought, like, I mean, first I was so fucking mad that we had to stay up till ten thirty to watch this damn. Vanderbilt Hawaii game. It starts off not great. By the time another situation where it didn't have this this channel at the lake, so we like have to. I think we got like Fubo TV or whatever. Um, by the time we join the broadcast, it's they're down seven zero to what's arguably the worst team in in all of college football. Um, I mean, Hawaii's bad. Hawaii's really bad. But Vandy, after the first two drives, you have you have a fourth and five. They go for and the quarterback throws the ball away. Um, just, but like the people that were breaking down, Vandy's awful. Like, I mean, they were getting beat up front and blah, blah. It's like, this fucking, we're four minutes into the game, guys. Like, I don't know what y'all expected from Vandy, but what are we, what are we doing? 
Mike Wright, I've said this over and over since media days, one of the most charismatic and engaging players in this whole league. Um, it, it, quarterback of Andy had a great game. It was good to see Clark Lee uh, get a win and, and like in emphatic fashion, like they hadn't, there's at one point they were like, they hadn't scored 30 points in a game all year last year. And they had 35 points alone in the, in the third quarter, which was, which was awesome. Um, I, I mean, the, the highs and lows of that game, the low was I made a meme of a skin flesh colored uh, dildo with a Vanderbilt logo on it. Um, that was Clark Lee. I sent it to you for sure. Sent it to you. Um, in, in the, with you and producer Dan, um, Clark Lee looks like it's it just Clark Linus is, is what we're going to call him from the entire year. His Clark Linus? Clark Linus. Oh, yeah. It's a rhyming joke. It didn't go over well on Twitter either. Um, but Vandy looked awesome. It was, it was good to see. I, I like, you know, I, I, I will also say, not only did they cover the spread, but possibly the worst beat for some people that you will see all year. It wasn't for me. I, I went big on Vandy in the first quarter. Vandy was was minus three in the first quarter. I was trying to find Vandy to score first because I thought that was like a, a you know like a, a slam dunk. Thank God I didn't find it. Yeah. But Vandy down seven nothing with roughly thirty two seconds left in the first quarter, and. Next play scores on a, a rushing touchdown tied up, kicks off first play. I jokingly say, like, throw a pick six. And they get a fumble return for a touchdown to go up 14-7. They score 14 points in nine seconds and cover the first quarter spread. Look at that. It was amazing. <laughs> it was you. Our year. you gotta remember also, that. It was awesome. I mean, like, and and Vandy's got a couple of good players. It's just unfortunate because in the most Vandy way possible, they're also comical, like Orgy is their best player, the, the linebacker. His name's Orgy. How's it spelled? Not like Orgy, but okay. it's still pronounced that way, which is a bold move. That's unfortunate. Um, but I thought Vandy looked good, man. I thought that, you know, it was good to see just like it, it not just carried by Mike Wright, but they, they looked good in a lot of ways. They beat a bad, bad Hawaii team. Um, and I, I thought it was a fun way to end week one or week zero. Yeah. Um, I was happy for State, you know. Didn't lose to an FCS school this year, which is great yeah. progress. Um, in all seriousness, it's tough to take anything from the game. I was I was impressed. It was the first time in school history we had three running backs go over 100 yards, which was I thought was pretty cool. Um, saw some things in the game that make me a little bit less optimistic against LSU, but we'll see. I, I, I'm I was pleasantly surprised, I think, but um, there's some weaknesses that that match up with LSU that aren't going to be in our favor. Um, anything else before we move into uh, out of week zero into some stuff that's going on this week with depth charts? No, not really. Let's see. Um, we, we definitely need to talk about the Auburn situation. You want to do that before or after the depth chart? Yeah, let's talk about it. I, I, you know, I saw this break, the breaking news, which I mean, obviously I'm, I'm thinking when Harson heard this news, he could not have been feeling great. No, <laughs> just what an uphill battle can, I mean, just, they don't. They just don't do anything to make it easy on on whoever's there. So um, I don't know a ton about this story. Maybe other people don't. People don't either. So what happened? I saw that he basically was negotiating with Auburn to get out of the job, essentially. Yeah. So um, I'm, and I'm pulling up on AL.com, which is where you go for news and journalism for sure. Uh, this happened on Friday, and and what's interesting is, it, like, 
the timing of it's very bizarre because you're about to start football season, which is your you know primary moneymaker. But also, if you're Auburn, you have the get out of jail free card of that whole everything school thing that their fans have, have really clung on to. Because, I mean, this is the guy that gave Bruce Pearl that huge contract. Um, you know, he let's see, he says he steps, he said he, his decision to step down to pursue other interests comes four and a half years into his initial five year contract with the university. He was hired in January 2018, um, which again, this makes you understand this. Harson was his hire. In quotes, because it was still something that like the like there's there's not like Auburn has has found itself and thank God for Texas. They have found themselves in this back and forth of which which program is run least less efficiently between the two, uh, like from their boosters. Um, Just a very odd, odd timing again. Uh, their next AD will be their 16th all time. I don't know what, what that means in terms of how many, I know that this Harson's their 27th head coach. Um, they've got a couple of guys that are going to oversee, I guess, like the, the hiring process, but it will also be a situation where now if you're Brian Harson, you don't have, like, I mean, you, you almost have to win eight games at this point, just to even like yeah. him not having anyone there. Like, like he has no one like, like, outside of maybe the locker room that is going to go to bat for him. That part I kind of hated because it's like you just – the writing almost seems like it's on the wall. And what's crazy about this is Auburn has a really good chance of starting the season 5-0. and it, like That's what I was going to say is – I mean, his start to this year is pivotal, and he gets Mercer, San Jose State, Penn State, but it's at home, um, Missouri – so, and then LSU, which, you know, we don't know what LSU is going to be right now, but, you know, if he loses Penn State, LSU, and then they get smoked by Georgia, I think he gets fired midseason. Who's going to be the AD? Well, see, I think, I think they'll, that's another thing with the timing that you're, you're, you're kind of giving yourself not the longest window uh, or the biggest window to go find somebody. Um, right. Cause the early signing period now, you could like yeah. if you wait till the end of the season to fire your coach, right. you're firing him within two weeks of signing day. So you have yeah. no chance. At ninety five percent of the kids sign early signing period, so you have no chance of having a good first recruiting class, which is just, you know, as I, we're seeing in the college in this new era with the uh, transfer portal and moving the the signing day up, it's really tough for these first year coaches to have any semblance of a recruiting class. So, I will say I think some Auburn fans would argue that 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 is not the biggest concern just with how Harson has recruited in general. Um, sure. But I will say it, it's just, again, like it's, it's kind of odd timing. Um, it'll be interesting to see who they go with, because I think a lot of people just had a, it's a foregone conclusion that Auburn will fire Harson now, regardless of what happens during the season. Again, this will be fun to watch just in terms of like, if, if they let a, if Harson somehow, gets to eight wins, nine wins, and they knock off somebody. And again, they could definitely start five and zero. Oh. I think you're right more than anything. If they, if they lose that, that Auburn LSU games in Auburn, you, I think that their first five games are in Auburn. Um, so the, the, I guess like the. Yeah. The if, you go, play, if you, if you lose two in that stretch and then you go to Georgia and get destroyed. Right. You're done. You're done. Right. I completely agree with that because you still have the, the back half of that schedule is the toughest part. And and so I think he would almost have to start off five and one for sure. Um, now, 
if he keeps his job and they go into late in the fall, right? That will be interesting to watch just because it, then you start getting into basketball season, which is you start getting into some of these, these sports that are not your bread and butter, but, but going to make the university, like you, you, you got to make Bruce Pearl happy. You almost kind of wonder if, if that's where they, like if, if they, if Harson keeps his job that long, you wonder if, if, a lot of the decisions that are made after that aren't about football as much as they would have been in the past. Does that make sense? I, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we'll see. I, I it's, it'll be interesting. That, that back half of the schedule. Holy shit, man. Yeah. So <laughs> after that, if you can't get through, you have to go undefeated in that because then you go to Athens to Oxford home against Arkansas to Starkville back home to A&M quick break at Western Kentucky and then to Tuscaloosa. Okay. But hear me out here. You, you, if you go five and one, right. Going into Athens, it does. And, and you lose whatever the next two games, this is what I'm talking about. Extending the whole situation. Cause if he's five yeah. and oh, and loses Georgia, what he's going to split those next two. They've beaten them the last five or six years in a row, both teams. Yeah, Ole Miss and Oxford. I, I guess we don't really know what Ole Miss is going to be with the transfers. I mean, I yeah. think they're going to be pretty good, but there's a lot of people that are down on Ole Miss. Yeah, and, and also Auburn, and we'll, we can transition into this like because it's depth chart day, like I said, but TJ Finley was named the starter, and that was not received well by a yeah. lot of people that covered the team right? and felt like that was a very odd, not odd move, but just it wasn't something that made, gave him a lot of – a lot of uh, confidence going into the year i could totally see the auburn media kind of like turning on him and like starting to create conspiracy theories that he's intentionally sabotaging the program i, I don't think they'll do that i think the boosters will because we've already <laughs> seen it this calendar year we've seen it um tj finley being the starter we've been doing these twitter spaces i've been telling you about these auburn after dark spaces that are just incredible to listen to um, had J boy in one of them the other day, I had a lot of fun, uh, talking with him because he's somebody that's close to that program. But, um, the TJ Finley thing was kind of just surprising to hear like Robbie Ashford's mom has been in almost every single one of these. She was in one that I did last night for, I don't know what reason. Um, you hosted it and she showed up. Yeah. Um, had a lot to say about, uh, are you fighting uh, with Robbie Ashford's mom? No. No, I was, I was, first off, the only people I've been fighting with on Twitter, well, I got into a fight with some Bama basketball gumps last night. That was weird. Um, <laughs> but other than that, it's just Georgia. Anyway, uh, the other big news at the quarterback position, it was, I was just saying it's kind of odd because some people thought that her son might win that, that starting job. And you hear that Calzada might be the third string, um, which is an odd move for sure. But his former school, Zach Calzada's, A&M named Haynes King the starter at, at QB. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you, I guess, I mean, talking to our guest about A&M, I think that people wanted Haynes King to win the job because he does have a lot of athleticism. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm kind of surprised that Max Johnson isn't the guy. Um, and then uh, Connor Wegman, I guess is his name. He's supposed to be super talented, but I think he's a true freshman, if not redshirt. So I don't know. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, Max gets some reps as well, and they kind of figure that out as the season progresses. Oh, for sure. No one named Connor Wegman is going to win that starting job. Um, 
No, but Haynes King, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what he looks like because even if he only had a game and a half last year, he was not impressive even in that game against I think it was like UTEP or somebody. Um, but he is a legit athlete, and he doesn't look like it at all. He's kind of got those Pete Davidson eyes, mm-hmm. for which is not a compliment. Um, yeah, the butthole eyes. Yeah, they get the butthole eyes. I'm glad I had to say it. It's 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 a weird it's a weird darkness around the the orbital socket. Right. <laughs> um, but no, he is a he's a very good athlete for sure. It'll be interesting to see. Like I I, I thought Max Johnson all along would be the guy because that fits more in line with what we've seen from Jimbo in the past. Yeah, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. It's always been interesting about Jimbo. Even when he was at Florida State, before I was ever bitter about him, a lot of people said, if you look around just the – yeah, we we had we won 29 straight with Jameis' QB. But if we didn't have an elite QB, it was always a two- to three-loss season. Like, there was always just some disappointing because right. Jimbo's offense is a very difficult – thing to execute it puts a lot on the qbs which is why a lot of times he has really smart qbs which is why they go round one but it's like an nfl offense and i think it's a little bit if you don't have the perfect qb that can execute and think quickly and all that his offense just doesn't work like it doesn't hum and so you got to hope haynes king is that for them or otherwise it's probably a, a three loss four loss season again well, and I don't think that would even be something you would pin on Haynes King, and we don't know if it's going to happen. It's because that's that's a very tough schedule they have to uh, to go through anyway. So, yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, I love it that Trevor Garza said the ghost of Auburn's past, present, and future for sure. Uh, and it's also kind of funny because you saw a couple of Florida fans say too, like you know, they how happy they were they didn't get Scott Frost. Just I'm going back to some of the Week Zero stuff. Um, the quarterback situation. I think the that was one that people were definitely like most intrigued on. LSU, I don't think has been named. No, yeah, he said he's not going to name it. Okay, um, which I, I, from everything we've know, it's probably going to be Jaden Daniels, right? I mean, I think so. Yeah, I yeah. think so. You'll probably see both guys play, but I think th- they will have packages for Jaden Daniels at the very least, right? I mean, just at the very least. Yeah. Um, the I'm trying to, to push this one back. I, I like so Georgia didn't release a depth chart, but Seth Emerson from um, one of the Georgia sites he posted one. It's one of my favorite things I saw on the internet today because it just it gets down to the tight end position. It's like all this chicken scratch, and it just says "Holy mother!" Dot 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 shit because um, of how deep they are at tight end. Uh, Oregon also did not name a starting quarterback, which I in response Kirby said it's fine. I know who their quarterback's going to be, which I thought was great. Uh, for sure. So um, I'm trying I'm trying to think Ole Miss and, and LSU are really the only other ones that that were waiting to hear back from or not hear back from, but waiting to hear from it, like the quarterback position. It's also a situation where I think especially early on for Ole Miss, it's not going to really matter as much because the, the storyline is going to be Zach, Zach Evans. Um, yeah. Bama did release theirs, uh, which. I mean, I don't know if you saw any of it. I think that um, they ended up going with the young kid, Bryce Young. Yeah, yeah, yeah they did. Um, I was surprised. I was surprised they didn't. They didn't bring in somebody. Else. Just you know, just Paul to kind Tyson. of throw off the scent I mean... for update. Paul Tyson. <laughs> um, so obviously, Jameer Gibbs is going to be your starting running back. I guess the only the only surprise to me was you you didn't have. Brockmeyer, Tommy Brockmeyer, who was the number one or number two overall offensive tackle 
um, two cycles ago, like five star. Yeah. You know, like not a can't miss guy, but like somebody you kind of thought would would have made the rotation by now with how bad that offensive line was last year. Nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found. The other big surprise here was um, Citration Holden is a guy that kind of emerged in the last scrimmage. He's gonna he's gonna be one of your starting three receivers. Kobe Princess, who is a, a true freshman, is the other one that is um, that is get landed one of the starting jobs over Christian Leary, uh, former five star, and some um, what do you call it? Some sites and um, and a couple other guys as well. So I just I thought that was that was somewhat interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm interested to see what happens at receiver for Bama this year. I, I I'd love to. I'm surprised Jacory Brooks hasn't had more talk. I mean, I thought he was going to be he he looked pretty good last year. He had a couple of big games. I mean, uh, you know, I don't. He's going to play. I mean, he had one big yeah. game really. I mean, he he had he came up big against Auburn, um, and that was you know when they won the times they needed him most for sure. Um, I will say I think that what what you will see from Bama this year is they will get a lot of extra guys reps early. Like, I don't think you'll see as, as much running out the clock, you know, um, in the second half of some games, because they're going to get some of these guys some work in. But I also think that you're going to figure out who the guys are, like, and then, and kind of like move, move from there, if that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, Ja'Cory Brooks, Tyler Harrell, the kid from Louisville, he's also not a starter. They're all going to get reps. Um, but it'll, it'll be, you're right, it'll be interesting to see what happens from there, uh, especially early on. Because, honestly, week two, I mean, you, you, you already got to put it on, like, you know, put everything on display when you go play Texas. Right. Speaking of that, saw this. Did you see this uh, little? Yeah, that was a minute ago, I thought. Situation. Yeah, I know, but I, we never talked about it. Do you think that, that there's, like, truth to that rumor? Could you no, see that but I don't think that the SID would have at a school like Texas. I don't think he would have done that. Um, Sarthak said, "Are you guys reading these comments?" We are. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think. It, I mean, I, there were reports, right, that Quinn Ewers hadn't won the starting job, but I don't think that you were going to go into this season and not have Quinn Ewers be your starting quarterback because he has the most upside. So if you're trying to figure out like you know, from floor to ceiling, and you obviously, if you're Sark in year two, you need to get close to the ceiling. That's the guy that's going to take you there. And and they're kind of playing with house money early on, like with that Bama game. Like nobody's expecting them to even be close in that game. Bama's the number one team in the country. You want to, but if if you have a, a first-year starter that th- goes out there and throws a couple of picks against what's supposed to be a top five defense in the country, I mean, you're fine. Fair, fair. Um. Yeah. So I guess what we gotta we gotta make some some like long term season bets here. We gotta make some picks for who we think are gonna win different conferences, championship, all that before the season really starts yeah. this week. Real quick, Trevor Garza mentioned this. Did you see the the Michigan quarterback situation? Uh no I no I I didn't. They released a, a full on graphic that said they were going to start one of the quarterbacks game one and the other one game two because of how, bo- how hard they both worked. Oh boy. Yeah. That's got Harbaugh written all over it. Yeah. That um, makes me feel really bad about one of my picks for the oh long season bets. 
All right, you lead the way with that. We'll get to the um, the winning and boozing stuff afterwards, I guess, as well. Yeah. And, um, and I want to hear from from the uh, the audience here. Like, if, if you, whether it's like a GIF, because we had some good ones on Twitter, or it's <laughs> a, a, a drink, um, or any comparison, like to best describe your team or how you feel about your team going into this year, let us know in the comments or let us know on Twitter as well. Um, all right. Let's start. Let's just go conference by conference. Let's pick who you think is going to win the conference. And then any like best bets you have as far as like season win totals or whatever you want to do. Okay. Uh, start with the big 10. I'm going to go obviously Ohio state over Wisconsin in the, in the championship game. Best bets, Michigan over nine and a half regular season wins. Okay. Um, after hearing the quarterback strategy, don't love that. That's a little cute for me. Go with, go with the guy that did well last year. I think they could be rel- almost potentially undefeated going into the Ohio State game. That could be a massive game at the at the horseshoe. Yeah. Uh, and then I got Indiana under four regular season wins. I think they're the worst team in the Big Ten. Okay. So I will log those bets. What we're going to do is we're going to keep our season long. You've already had a couple with Hinton Hooker and Bryce Young. We'll keep those on a separate tab, and then we'll we'll do the weekly ones separate from that. Okay. All right. So uh, those are mine from the Big Ten. What about you? Who do you got winning the Big Ten? Any bets from that conference? Ohio State. I, th- I have them going undefeated, winning the, the Big Ten for sure. I don't really know who comes out of the West. I know some people are high on Wisconsin. I don't really give a shit who comes out of the West. Um, it's not going to matter. They're they're the best team. Uh, I have seen a couple people that are high on Penn State, and they're they're like where they could end up being at the end of the year. Um, but yeah, I've got Ohio State. I know it's a, like a very boring pick. I just think they return. I don't think their defense is going to be like top ten nationally, like some of their fans think, just because they they got Knowles from Oklahoma State. Right. If you look at his track record, it's not like. Oklahoma State was a national powerhouse on defense year in and year out. He had a very, very good year last year. Yeah. Um, but I think that being said, they will also be better than they were a year ago um, by a significant amount because of how, you know, the bar was set pretty low. Um, then let's see. Outside, I mean, outside of that, I, I think Maryland's total is like six and a half. I kind of like, I kind of like them at over that. I don't like not enough to like, you know, put a massive wager on it by any means. But I, I think with Tonga Bailoa, the 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 younger one there, obviously, and then the receivers they have are, you know, you could the starting receivers they have at Maryland, especially with Mike Loxley at head coach. I mean, you could put them up. I think not as good as as Ohio State, but they might be the second best in the Big Ten and and up there nationally with 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 uh as like a as a whole unit. So they have recruited well there, um, surprisingly. Um, Loxley is kind of that dude though on the trail. Uh, okay. So let's go to the big 12 then. I got Oklahoma winning the big 12 over Baylor. Um, I also like Oklahoma over the nine and a half regular season wins. I think as much as Lincoln Riley brought away from Oklahoma with him, he still did a very good job of recruiting there. And I can buy into the Dylan Gabriel, Jeff Lebby kind of connection that they had at UCF when he put up the huge numbers. And I can also buy into, you know, this is Venables. Like, you're going to have a good defense. They're going to be improved defensively from last year. 
Uh, so I'll, I'll take Oklahoma over nine and a half regular season wins. Um, some people are saying Kansas State is kind of might be a dark horse in Big Twelve. So I'm gonna I'll go over six and a half regular season wins there. I'm gonna take Texas under eight and a half wins. Under eight and a half. I'm going to under eight and a half, and then West Virginia under five and a half, simply because JT Daniels is a beta. Oh, okay. And I just don't him leading an offense. I don't know. It seems like he's kind of given up in every situation he's been in, to be honest. Yeah, that's fair. Um, um, they lost a ton off that roster as well. They have a hard schedule, but I just don't trust JT Daniels. That's fair. Um, I'm going to take uh, – so the Texas thing is interesting just because of how bad their preseason has been with injuries and a couple other things. I'm still going to pick them to win. I think uh, – like the the Big 12, I think it's going to be them in Oklahoma at the end of the year um, at like, – you know, in, in the Big 12 championship game. I don't understand. I think we're just kind of assuming that Oklahoma is going to be great. I don't, we don't know how, what kind of coach Venables is going to be. You've already had one situation where one of his assistant coaches was like openly dropping the N word in the locker room and got, got relieved of his duties pretty quickly. Rightfully so. They do have Dylan Gabriel, which I feel like is not talked about nearly enough at at quarterback and Jeff Levy coming in to be the OC there, which I think will be a great combination. Still have Marvin Mims. Um, So the offense will be great. I'm going to take Texas just because I think that, I think the, the potential there, especially with what they could put up there like offensively with Sark, is is just too good to pass up. Um, but I will say the eight and a half is interesting because if you lose that game to Oklahoma like you have done consistently and you lose the game to Bama, which everyone assumes you're going to do, that puts you at 10. And there's not a lot of room for error after that. Um, so we'll see how that goes. I, I'm going to take the over on that. I don't really have a feel for for anyone else. I think what's that? Texas over eight and a half. Yeah. Okay. And I'm still going to take them to win the uh, the the Big Twelve as well. Okay. Yeah. All right. Interesting. Um. All right. ACC. I'll let you go first this time. I, like I hate to say it, but I'm going to take I'm going to take Clemson. Yeah. Um. Like. I would have a hard time with with the the way they've been the last decade. I hope that they're bad. I really do. I don't care how that sounds. I openly will pull against them in almost every single game. Um, I I have a hard time thinking that they'll be as bad as they were a season ago at the quarterback position. Um, they did have a lot of injuries last year. The defense will still be good, even without Venables, just because the talent they've amassed there. I just think the rest of the conference is still so bad that I don't see how that they they really do – you know, like how, how they would fail. They could go 11 and one. And if you have, I mean, the SEC, if you have a one loss SEC champ, a one loss Big Ten champ, it, like you're still going to be the third, like you're, you're still going to be the third most automatic, like shoe in for the playoff behind those two, like in, in the power five. Yeah. Over at even probably an undefeated uh, Pac-12 team, over unless it's Utah with it because they would have wins over Florida and USC. I, I'm taking Clemson. I I think obviously you know when you compare the ACC to the SEC, it's not close. I think the ACC will be pretty improved this year though. Um, I actually think you know between Miami, I think being significantly better, um, NC State. There's a lot of really good quarterbacks in the ACC this year. I think there's yeah. probably some sneaky games on their schedule. Hell, I mean, if we're a decent team, they come down to Tallahassee. If we're like we have a, a pulse, that's not going to be an easy game for them. We we played them close last year. Um, 
but uh, ultimately I do think they will win the ACC because I think they will improve on offense. Um, there's some people that think pretty highly of the guy that plays replaced Venables actually. So they may not take that big of a step back and they have their D line talent is ridiculous. Um, yeah. so I'll take them over Pitt. I think Pitt will be kind of a surprise pick in the uh, coastal, but I think Miami's mm. probably one or two years away from really dominating that side. Uh, with that, I'm going to go Pitt over eight and a half regular season wins. They get nearly their whole defense back. Um, they have an easy schedule. There's only two top 30 opponents, um, according to SP+. Keaton Slovis comes in and replaces Pickett. I know they lose Addison as well, but um, they've got the, actually some decent playmakers. So, like Pitt, Virginia under seven regular season wins. I can see that, yeah. And BC under six and a half wins. I, uh, I will say I would take – I'm going to stay away from Miami just because um, and see how Chris Ball is. But I, I think that NC State over eight and a half is, is I, I think, a very good pick. Um, you get a lot of your tough games at home. And they also have UConn in, the non, in their non-con. Um, I'm going to, I would also take Syracuse over four, which I know sounds kind of stupid. But I would take that because of the fact that you have – you have one of the best running backs in, in the league, maybe you know one of the more underrated ones in the country, at UConn. I would assume as a win. Mm-hmm. Virginia Wagner at home. You, you have, I mean, Louisville, I think it's probably a loss even you're at home. You have Purdue. You have Florida State, no offense. Like both those games at home and you're at Wake and at Boston College. I think they split. They go in two and two in those games at worst. And I, I think they would go over. But I would still okay. take Clemson. Like uh, I don't think Pitt's going to be nearly as good as, as people. You think go Pitt are. under? I, would, I wouldn't bet it either way, but I don't think okay. they're going to be as good as you think. Okay. Um, Kevin King coming in saying, I want Florida State to be good again. Love that. Um, okay. Pac-12. Um, I'm going to go Utah over Oregon. I like that. Um, we'll see. I mean, maybe Bo Nix, you know, getting away from the, his dad's shadow at Auburn, getting out of the SEC. Maybe he finds a new life at Oregon. I mean, you know, he's got talent, um, but ultimately I'll take Utah, a more established program. They're expected to be the winner. Um, so not like I'm uh, breaking down any walls by by making that pick, but um, I'm going to take USC to disappoint. Nine and a half regular season wins. I'm going to go under. Yeah. I mean, I just don't see it defensively with them. Obviously, they've had a lot of pieces offensively. And then uh, Washington, under seven and a half. They, they – had a mess of a program. The guy was fired quickly. I just think that quick of turnover, I've seen it in my own alma mater. Things are not typically good in that first year. Yeah. So to win eight games, I think would be a stretch for them. So I'll go under seven and a half for Washington. I will say one, I want to give a shout out to one of our listeners uh, from Twitter um, from earlier today who said, I'm trying to find his name on here. Um, hold on. It's uh this is good radio. This is good radio. Notorious B-E-A-R-D. Um, said, love listening to your pod, even though I'm out here in Washington. It's my favorite weekly listen. So shout out to him because I love that. Um, I'm Sorry for take, picking under. My bad. It's, yeah, that's kind of fucked up. I'm going to take Utah as well. I think they win the the, the Pac-12 for sure. I love winning. I mean, like everyone assuming that, that, that Lincoln Riley is going to just continue – what he had at Oklahoma is forgetting what was already in place at Oklahoma when he got there. He's a great, he's a great offensive mind and a good coach for sure. I, like 
that 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 type of situation is not what he walked into at USC. He's done a good job with two players in the portal, but that's about it. So we'll see how how far that can take them in the Pac-12. Um, I like the running back they got from Oregon too, Travis Dye. But sure, I, I mean, I, I just I don't think still it's doesn't help the defense. Right, and Utah is a is a good team. We saw how how good of a, a balanced team Utah could be, uh, especially like I we just kind of assume with Whittingham, like the defense is going to be legit. It's more of like a hard nose type type you know team. Like they looked good on offense last year uh, in, a, in that Rose Bowl game, especially. So I'm going to take I'm going to take Utah. My dark horse would be UCLA because I think Chip Kelly in year three or whatever he's in with with everyone he's got returning is just kind of flying under the radar, which I love. Um, Oregon will be interesting just because they're going to get beat in, in week one. It'll be interesting to see what Bo Nix looks like against Pac-12 defenses. And also they've got a lot of talent at linebacker and on that defense with a very good defensive mind with Dan Lanning coming year one. I'm going to do something that's going to shock you. I'm taking Utah to beat Oregon State in the, in the Pac-12. <laughs> just for maximum so, yeah. devastation for, the, for, for that fan base. I mean, I just I think that I think that Oregon State's going to be like as much as I hate Oregon State, um, I think they're going to be a lot better than than people give them credit for, and they're, they're just very much overshadowed. That's a team that, that they've been to, they beat Oregon two years ago in the COVID year, and they they went to a bowl game last year, um, lost to a good like Utah State team. So I, that's that's my pick, but I still have Utah going uh, running or going the distance, I guess in that um, in that conference. All right. Any uh, bets you're locking in on win totals in that conference? You said USC under nine and a half. I did not, but I just said I don't think they're gonna they're gonna be as good as people think. I think. Um, I mean, I would take that because don't, don't they okay. play Utah and they? I'm pretty sure they have to play Oregon too, like back to back weeks with a with a bye week in between. Um, I will take Utah. Are they only at eight and a half? Uh, I could tell you that. Hold on. Utah, where are you at? Utah. Utah is nine. I, I would take over on that. All right. Um, and then what's Oregon say that? Six and a half? That's fair. Uh, it is six and a half. Yeah, I would take the over on that too. Now let's get Look to the good you. stuff. Look at you. It's called growth, man. Six and a half. All right. To the mighty SEC. This is going to shock you, Chris. I mean, I think you can be disappointed in this pick. I'm going to take Bama over Georgia. I know. I had to go out on a limb and and, and take Bama. Uh, I just, I, man, that the top level talent on Bama this year, obviously, knock on wood, you keep all those guys intact. I think they're the better team this year. Uh, Georgia has by far the most talent in the East. Uh, so they should be able to win that side of the division, but ultimately losing 15 guys to the draft, I think is a little too much to uh, overcome. I think they could slip up maybe in the regular season, but if not, then it's Alabama still, if they, the only game they lose is in the SEC championship, I'm sure they will be in the playoff. Maybe I picked that. I don't know. Hint, hint. Uh, but I would take Bama over Georgia. I just took one bet here for the SEC. Cause I figured you'd probably have a bunch Arkansas over seven and a half. I'm a big believer in what Pittman's doing. Well, okay. That's good. I'm happy for you on that. Um, I've got Georgia over Bama, and you guys can call it a hedge. You can call it whatever the fuck you want. Um, I still say with that with that schedule and the talent they have coming back in Athens, 
I would be way more comfortable with Georgia running through that that gauntlet than I would Bama. Bama's get people will continue to give Bama shit for how bad their schedule is. And if you if you want to see some of the most over overzealous shit talking, watch if Bama loses to Texas in week two. That's, that's the third like road game apparently that Saban's scheduled, and I don't even know how long Big Ten fans were all butthurt about that. Um, but Georgia's schedule is very, very easy uh, compared to a lot. It's the easiest schedule in the league, and that's not just because of how dominant they are going to be and how they were a year ago. I understand that they lost the draft. I understand they lost landing. Todd Munkin is one of the best offensive coordinators in the country. I think this year, you even if Stetson is not great, I, I think Stetson will have a shorter leash this year than he will he had last year. Because I think you're right. I think I think JT Daniels was a little bit of a beta, and he was always injured. Um, I think Georgia runs through the SEC undefeated. I, th- I I think I will tell you right now, I would be willing to bet if there was a if there was a profit out there that Georgia plays wins seven of their eight conference games, and maybe ten plus in the regular season by by a minimum double digits. I don't I don't see anyone coming close to that team in the regular season. What by the time they get to the SEC championship. You have enough time to where you and depth where you've been able to develop all that kind of stuff throughout the season. Um, I tell you what, man, and I hate, I don't want to put this out there. And Bama's, I you know I'm going to pull for him harder than any, anyone else. And and like I hope that I'm wrong when I say this, but I just don't. I mean, you're so close to a year ago of of losing two, three, four games in the regular season. You could have they should have won that A and M game, and they still probably should have lost four other ones in the regular season. Um, is that changed this year? Maybe. I mean, probably, but, but I tell you what you don't have is, is like for the first time in probably since probably 2016, you don't have the luxury of losing your starting quarterback and still being okay. The rest of the season, Jalen Milrow is, is a freak athlete, all that kind of stuff. If Bama's won one Bryce young injury away from, from being a, a, a nine win team. At best. Your boy Clint Lamb disagrees. Clint Lamb's a smarter person than me. <laughs> so I, I love that. Yeah. Um, but I, but I will say, I think that like the schedule is, is very difficult. And, you know, and, and maybe I'm just, I'm still seeing a lot from last year's team, but I don't think the receiving core is going to be as good as it's been in the last five years. I mean, you're talking about like, I think you're finally going to have a drop off at several position units that, like, like a not a significant, but you're going to have a, a pretty large drop off at, at several different positions that you haven't seen in the last half decade. That being said, you're also going to have in like teams, like the way you would build a team in the NFL, it's pass rush quarterback play. And in that situation, they're by far, you know, they're, they're head and shoulders by everyone else in the, in the country. So. All right. So what, what, uh, what do you, what, what are you taking here then? Um, oh, as far no, as I, bets. Would, I would bet Georgia to win it. I would bet I would hammer Georgia over ten and a half points or ten and a half uh, wins. I, I think that's the easiest bet in the country, just because their way their schedule is. Kirby's won eleven, a, a minimum eleven wins in four of the past five years. The only year he didn't was the COVID year. Um, I also like Mississippi State over. I think they're at six and a half. Um, what else do I like? I. I like Vandy over two and a half at this point. I will throw that out there. Um, we did, but we did talk about that. I will give you, cause I have it on my sheet already um, from a prior episode. We both talked about liking that. So I'll give it to you. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I, that's like Bama's, I think, win total. It says here, I'm looking at Action Network that theirs is at 11 and a half. And it says that they have gone under that for two consecutive years, um, which is the first time it's happened in the Saban era. I don't know how they would have gone under their win total in 2020 when they went undefeated and won the national championship. Um, so it's got to be some sort of error. But I will also take Arkansas under seven and a half for sure. I would I would hammer that. All right. I will uh, we'll keep those logs. Um, we'll see who wins the season long bets. Uh, as far as playoff is concerned, I think a lot of people, you know, for being honest, probably have some of the same picks in there. You probably got Bama. You probably got Ohio State. Maybe you have Georgia. Um. But I don't know. Let me ask you, because a couple weeks ago you had Texas in that four spot. Yeah, that's not going to be the same. Okay. What? Are, who's your one seed? Uh, we'll take it back. No, I think probably the most intrigue would be around the four seed. So, who's your one seed? I, so I think it would Georgia would end up going to being the one seed if they went undefeated and won the SEC championship. Um, but it would be one A one B with them in Ohio State. Okay. Uh, I got Bama for the one seed, Ohio State the two seed. Okay. Um, I'm guessing three would be Bama then. No, no, no. I don't have Bama making the playoff. No, come on. I don't. You don't have Bama making the playoff. I'm t- they, I don't understand why everyone assumes that this offense is going to be anywhere close to where it was a year ago. With like, I understand Bryce Young's great. They should have a better offensive line. That off that that schedule last year was much easier than it is this year. I, like is Bill? Think about uh, okay. So let me put it this way: Bryce Young, you got to expect would at least be somewhat better than he was last year. Why? Why? Because he's a year older, another year in the system, and he lost. He lost two incredible receivers, including one first rounder. That you don't have a you don't have a single player on this team to start the year that does what he does physically. He does. They don't run a four two. They don't. They don't have like the size. I, I agree that the, that <clears throat> that aspect of Jamison Williams, you probably don't have that. But I think you're upgraded at running back. I think your O line is mm-hmm. probably going to be better. Um, I, and let's be honest, uh, it's not like you have guys that just can't play at wide receiver. For sure, we don't know what's going to evolve there. You've still got Latou at tight end. Um, not to start the year, but yeah. So, but if we don't know what we have there. My thing is, why are we assuming? Because think about how fortunate Bam has been at the at the receiver position since 2017, mainly to 2018. Did anyone see Jamison Williams being Jamison Williams? No, is he back? I don't, I don't think you heard me. Jameson Jameson Williams, Williams, Jameson Williams before he became Jamison Williams. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, when yeah. he transferred in, was anyone expecting him to be what he became? No, I, I'm sure that I'm sure they weren't. So I mean, between the guys you have on the roster, there's some good news on Treshawn Holden. Apparently, Jermaine Burton transferring in, Louisville kid Harold. Can one of them emerge and be that guy? I mean, I don't. I wouldn't rule it out. You've had lucky, you've had lucky at uh, wide receiver. Maybe they just develop really good wide receivers. Maybe. Maybe Bill O'Brien is a fucking soothsayer on offense all of a sudden, and that entire narrative of him not being a great OC changes. Or maybe for for 
once again, you had a generational type quarterback for like the third straight year of turnover, right? With, with Bryce Young. Like, and Bryce Young could be great. In the off, like you're right. Like, I don't think that you are necessarily better at running back. You, you I think you are, but yeah. three, three running backs to season ending injuries. By the way, T's and, and, P's, I mean, like, T's and P's to Brian Robinson, by the way. Yeah, that's tough, man. That was tough. Um, um I, I love it. I love it. See, this is why I love Georgia fans because, like, Will, Willie Gray, who I love to death, says, I'm sandbagging y'all. Um, I'm also, you get the best defensive player and the best offensive player. You had that last year. You had that last year. How did that look when you lost, when you lost five starters by the end of the, by the end of the season? I, I mean, like, like, like Jermaine Burton came off a national championship winning team. He wasn't even a top three target by season's end. Was never going to be either. And not just because of the way they, they dispersed the football, but like he wasn't going to be over Brock Bowers. He wasn't going to be over George Pickens. Who, who am I missing? Jermaine Burton couldn't separate himself in a, in a much weaker receiving room and unit in, in Athens. Why would all of a sudden he be, why do I think he's going to be like some alpha at six feet, 190 pounds in the SEC? I mean, I hope I'm wrong point. about everything I'm saying. And I probably, you know, I probably am, but fair point. Yeah. So, so who do you have then? I've got who's in your four spot, three and four spot. Three and four spot. Clemson, three. I think they go undefeated. Um, and I think, and uh, I have Utah at four. Okay. Well, I've got Bama, Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan. Oh. I think very similar to what Bama, Georgia could be at the end of the year. I think that Michigan, Ohio State could be two undefeated teams. Maybe one of them, you know, the other gets in still, whoever loses. Um, I do ultimately have Bama over Ohio State in the natty. I got Ohio State over Georgia. And I've got CJ Stroud. Now, would I bet CJ Stroud to win the Heisman? No, because he had the best odds, so it's not really great. Do I think he'll probably win, given the kind of offense that they should have? Yeah. I do, but I'd rather bet on like a Jameer Gibbs or a Travion Henderson, yeah, versus Stroud, just with the the odds. But I think okay. Stroud will win the Heisman. Um, I have Utah, Clemson, Georgia, and Ohio State. I have three of those teams going undefeated, and I because here's here's the other thing too. Bama goes eleven and one. That's still a very good year, right? I, I don't know why we all of a sudden think that like that they're going to waltz in and beat Georgia in the SEC championship, especially after we see Georgia go, you know, they will most likely be undefeated going into the, the postseason. If Bama, Bama can't afford to lose two games and get to the, the playoff. You can call me crazy all you want about them not winning the SEC or, or whatever, or Sam Hedging, but it's a, it's a much better bet to think that they would lose two games than they would go undefeated especially just from a historical standpoint. All right. So there you have it. I've got Bama winning. Chris has Ohio State winning. God, I hope you're, you're smarter than I am, so I hope you're right. All right, let's get into our last segment. We've had a few comments in the in the chat tonight. We had a few people weigh in on Twitter. Chris has his own picks. It's a little bit of a classic uh, segment that we like to call winning and boozing. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll do half of it now because I know that I've, I know that I've got a couple 
you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I just don't know how to, to engage with, with Georgia fans anymore. I just, I just don't, I try to, I try to give them, try to build them up. Um, and I don't, I mean, it's a very Jekyll and Hyde situation. It's probably my own fault. All right. So we'll do half of these now. We'll do a couple more, maybe, maybe later. We had some really good ones also sent to us on, on Instagram. Or I'm sorry, on, on Twitter. Cause I said, um, send us what your, your mood for your team or your mood going into the season would be via GIF or GIF, however you want to say it, uh, and or send us a um, your drink of like what your team would be as an alcoholic beverage. You want you want to do one for Florida State? Do you have one? Uh, I didn't think of one, but let's get into some, and then I'll I'll come up with one before we're done. All right, I'll give you the the ones I, I got from from the intranet um, first that. Uh, Let's see, Lillian, um, who's a Georgia fan, said W is for whiskey and I need a shot. I don't, okay. A couple of uh, Kirby gifs of him kissing a trophy. Uh, We have one from from my boy Griff, who's a Bama fan, said old-fashioned. Almost everyone can make it and you know what you're getting, so there's no surprises. He's a Bama Bama guy. Um, Graham Coffey said, UGA is in a gap year where they have a legitimate shot to win another title and return nine more players with PFF grades of 70-plus than national championship favorites Alabama, who they beat in their last meeting. We're drinking vacation drinks out of coconuts because there's no pressure. That is more asinine than anything I've said on this, this pod today. If you think there's no pressure from fucking Georgia fans after, after last year and what they've expected from Kirby, I, I will say that's, that's kind of crazy, even though I love him. Um, old fashioned, uh, everyone, wait, hold on. This is the same person, I guess. Somebody said, this is an Auburn one, um, which I thought was pretty good. They said, I would say tequila, margaritas, if things go well, shots, if they don't. Love that. That was good. And the last one I'll say is, uh, my boy Taylor Long said, Rumplements, all my friends hate it, AKA Georgia. And I love how much they hate it. So Rumplements, um, I've got a couple as well. We'll start with Bama. I said Coors Lights or Banquets, okay? Uh, and, and specifically between 18 and 33 of them. Um, some of you will get that reference. Revenge is a, is a dish best served cold. Wait till the mountains are blue. And then hopefully get the banquets ready. That's, that's Bama's. Uh, the good ones here, I, I got to say, I got for UGA, I had Weller Foolproof. Okay. Weller, I, I haven't heard anything of, from Weller over the past 40 years until this past year at all. Um, also, despite UGA's fan base on Twitter, especially showing how mentally unwell uh, they've handled success, um, I'm still going to take Weller because from everything I've heard, it's really, really good. Uh, I said the foolproof specifically because if they win it or even play for it again this year, now you have... For Kirby, at least, you have proof uh, instead of anything being a fluke. So there's that. Love that. Yeah, there you go. Um, Arkansas, vodka crayon, right? So, but the reason why um, is like like vodka crayon to start, and then you also are going to alternate with Bloody Marys, like specifically because the garnishes, right? Uh, a lot of a lot of Bloody Marys will put like a piece of bacon on there, which they're pigs. So it kind of makes sense from that standpoint. Also, the vodka crayon, the coloring, kind of, kind of crimson or maroon or whatever color they want to they want to um, lay claim to. But it's specifically on the first day of a five to seven day trip in Vegas. Anyone that's ever been to Vegas knows that's a fucking two to three day town, like at most. Yeah. Um, f- 
five to seven days is so so i love when like i at this point being in my mid to late 30s uh i don't run into a lot of people that have never been to vegas right when i hear someone saying i'm going to vegas for the first time and like yeah we'll be out there for you know seven days uh eight nights or whatever you're just like (laughs) oh what a waste of money it's terrible what a waste of money five of those days is without a doubt and five so like the five to seven day trip that is something i feel like you're right like that's like something novice would do and arkansas whether they want to admit it or not they're not used to this whole winning thing okay i mean getting to to nine wins last year for the second time in a decade those are bookended in that decade i mean you're talking about the nine wins from like 2012 and then 2021 Again, if their numbers at seven and a half, they've lost eight games in a season five times in the last 10 years. They've won eight games or more just twice. Um, going to Vegas for five to seven days is almost as, as crazy and over the top as, as their entire schedule is. And I just don't see that ending well for anybody. Um, and last but not least, Auburn. Um, this could have gone one of two ways. And I actually wrote out two of these. Auburn, it's, it's vodka. But it's shots of vodka. Okay? Specifically... Woody Creek, potato-based vodka. Potato-based because Harson's from Boise. Woody Creek because the big yellow fella, Jimmy Rain, who is trying everything he can to run this program into the ground, um, is, a, is a lumber man, the only billionaire in the state of Alabama. And, and lastly, uh, even more specifically, you're going to be drinking this only in shot form at a wedding that you plan on proposing at. Hear me out, Okay. Everyone else around you is probably drinking something similar, right? They, they seem to be drinking probably the same amount and they're probably drinking the same drink. A little vodka soda, splash cran, so hot outside. It makes sense. Uh, the only difference, they're enjoying themselves and not drowning their very, very suppressed sorrows that Auburn fans have been doing all off season with Harson as the head coach and pretending everything is okay. Like I said, Woody Creek, because the yellow fellow loves wood uh, and a wedding, because unlike most normal schools, the over the top, showing of love that Auburn has done for their head coach this offseason. Um, it's very obvious to everyone around you that it, it is it is not something that even like is going to last. And anyone that proposes at a wedding uh, or, or, a, or an engagement party or a, a gender reveal, anyone that does that specific deed at one of someone else's big day, very obvious that that is something that um, is not going to it, like last. And that's exactly what's happening in Auburn. So there you go. Fair. All right. I like those picks. I came up with mine for Florida State. Go ahead. <clears throat> so Florida State's an overly spicy margarita. Um, you know, when you, when you decide, when you make that decision, you go out to the bar, you make that decision Ooh. that you're going tequila. Yeah. You're kind of going into it saying, Fuck it. It's going to be a night. We're, we're just going to go in this thing and we're going to, we're going to get after it, you know? And that's kind of the way I'm entering into this Florida state season. It's like, fuck it. They're going to be good or they're going to be bad. And we'll have a new head coach. Maybe we'll get Dion. And we'll just, just put the thing in the toilet. Um, but with a spicy margarita, sometimes they can be a little bit too much to begin yeah. with. Um, and I think that's what this, this season is going to be like when we're going to play LSU. I don't feel good about that game. And then everyone's going to be like, you know what? It's going to be the same Florida state. You know, congratulations. You beat any FCS school. 
But then I think once you get a little bit past the spiciness and maybe you, you lose that LSU game, maybe you refine yourself. Maybe you're like, oh, you know what? This actually, this does feel good. Like that. Then you have another spicy margarita halfway through the season. You get into playing Can't NC speak. State and Clemson back to back. Not great. Don't love this. But then, hey, get a few wins against Georgia Tech and Syracuse. We're feeling good again. And then it's Florida. Then it's just going to be one of those seasons that, you know, by the end, you just end up hammered either way. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair for sure. Um, I like that. I do want to say uh, there's a couple in here we need to read just just for sure. Like Trevor Garza put Bloody Mary. Complicated drink like A&M's offense. It's either going to hit the spot or make me want to throw up. I, I'll tell you right now, that's a perfect drink because I hate Bloody Marys and I will throw up every time I see Jimbo Fisher and AM. Um, let's see here. There is somebody, somebody brought this up. I'll ask you, I'll defer to you first. Uh, who would be for Loco? Well, I mean, the obvious choice right now is Nebraska. That's mm, just, that's not bad. But let's see, who's for Loco it needs to be mentioned. Texas is the answer. Oh, that's Billy. Texas is a great four loco candidate. Yeah. I think USC could be a four loco candidate. I was going to say that could be also be one. The only difference is those like USC had a little, like that's like assuming that like four loco came from any sort of like, like that'd be like if four loco was somehow derived from like, I don't know, gray goose or like a bottle of cab. I like the Tennessee pick, you know, it's like, this could either be really fun and crazy yeah. and wild offense, or it could be a disaster. Like that. I like that. Like that. Um, yeah, it's good. Good question, Billy. Uh, South Carolina, real quick. I'll throw this out there. Bud Light Platinum. How's that? I mean, so like Bud Light is like a staple. Everyone's everyone's you know ventured into Bud Light. You probably also ventured into into Bud Heavies, all that kind of stuff. Maybe you had a, a couple of years where you were in great shape and you're like, I can afford to drink a Bud Heavy. Just like South Carolina had like those three years of 11 ones or more. Bud Light Platinum was was marketed as like the next big thing and it was fucking terrible. And I'm not saying that South Carolina is going to be terrible, but I am saying that it's going to be very overrated in comparison to some of the other staples that we've seen in the past. All right. I like that. There you go. All right. Well, let's get out of here, Chris. This week i'm so excited for the next episode you guys got to tune in we'll be making our official picks for week one a lot of big matchups uh i mean where do you start i guess a lot of people would start at oregon georgia but you've got florida state lsu you've got ohio state notre dame there's a lot going on you got utah florida some big matchups coming up this week so we're going to be picking um the games and sorry i got i got distracted in the comments there you're good um Anything else before we, we sign off here? That's it, man. We appreciate you guys helping us get through the off season. It's been a lot of fun. It's only going to get better as we uh, get into the season. So we'll talk to you then. All right, guys. For Chris, I'm Tyler. We will see you guys later this week. Peace.